Inner Creativity, Episode 9. I think creativity for me is a way for the soul to breathe. Being creative is also an emotional outlet needed to function. You're listening to the Own Your Creativity Podcast with me, your host, Elizabeth Johnston. Welcome to the Own Your Creativity podcast. Today we're going to be talking to Sylvie Filiatro, and she was born in Montreal, Quebec in 1972 and raised by a single mother who recognized and nurtured her daughter's pension for the arts very early on. Sylvie is a graduate of Concordia University in Fine Arts and Art History, two disciplines that married her deepest passions, stories told in images. In 1998, after graduating from her bachelor's degree, Sylvie was well on her way to starting her master's degree in art therapy, but left her studies to care for her ailing mother. Sylvie presently lives in Brassard, Quebec, and is a columnist for a monthly community newspaper. At the moment, she is working on a fiction trilogy and has also illustrated a children's book entitled A Poppy for Pappy. This book is available for purchase in the Canadian War Museum of Ottawa to raise funds for Canada's veterans. Welcome, Sylvie. Thank you very much for having me. It's so wonderful that you're here. But I'd like to turn the mic over to you and have you just elaborate a little bit more on what you do and maybe give us a glimpse into your personal life. Sure. I'm a writer who paints and I'm an, a painter who writes. Uh, it's two things that I do on a daily basis. It has now become a career. I am a mother to a six-year-old who is very active, but uh, thank God he's also creative. So most of the time when he's active, we're being creative together. At uh, We do a lot of paintings and drawings and things like that. I am also a spouse, so with everything that entails, and uh, trying to be creative uh, in a setting where you have a family life is not always easy, but it is doable. If ever somebody's wondering if they can do it, yes, it is doable, but it needs a lot of love and support and uh, understanding from uh, everybody in the unit, the family unit. Right, yeah. It's, you know, they say that raising a child takes a village, and I think... Oh, yeah. Uh, having an artistic career also oh definitely definitely you need you need to have people who support you because it is uh, it's it's very hard especially nowadays uh, I would say in this society and in the times that we're living in especially in this country the art world is is not always seen in a good way or if you say you're an artist you're like oh okay right you're not earning a living and it's it's not valued as yeah. an other places in other countries where you know if you're not an artist or you don't sing or or whatever type of medium that uh, you choose to be or use in your life uh, it's 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 valued here it's it's not as as uh, supportive people aren't as supportive of the artists as they should be so how do, how do you make a living uh, out of what you do <laughs> I'm very stubborn for one what I do is basically I have my own publishing company with my spouse so I go knocking on doors stores and I get the books in the stores and I do everything myself. Wow, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, thank you. You you really have to think outside the box a lot. Mm -hmm. You have to educate yourself. You have to have a, a network of people around you. And uh, as an artist, it's the same thing. You know, you have to go to um, a lot of uh, art galleries and, and, you know, the net and you have to promote yourself a lot. It's one thing to be an artist, but when you want to make a living, you also have to be a business person as well because you can't expect for somebody to do all of that for you because then you lose money. Right. The minute you have somebody help 
helping you, well, they're going to take a, a percentage in your sales and that will reduce your income. So you really, really, the more you can educate yourself in the business of art or in the business of selling books, and the more you can do yourself, the better it is. So what is your definition of creativity? Oh my goodness. I think creativity for me is a way for the soul to breathe. It's a way for the soul to communicate. It's a way of speaking to people. It's a way of being present for the centuries to come. It's a way of leaving your mark, actually. Being creative is also an outlet. It's an emotional outlet. You need it to function, basically. Mm, yeah, I yeah. agree. Yeah. 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 I love what you said that creativity is a way of allowing the soul to breathe. Thank you. And I really, really do feel that way because every time I was not creative, I felt like I was suffocating. I felt that I was in denial of who I really am. Mm -hmm. And uh, I see it a lot when I do book signings, uh, people telling me, you know, I want to write and I don't because I'm scared of what people will say or I'm not good with grammar or things like that. And it, it just makes me want to cry mm -hmm. because it's a soul that wants to come out. Yeah. But they're, we're not they're not letting themselves be that for multitude of reasons. But it's really it's a place for the soul to breathe. Beautiful. So take us to a moment in time when you most felt disconnected from your creativity and what were those negative effects about uh, around not being connected to your creativity tell us that story well um when i finished university um I was all happy i had my art art degree in hand but uh, one of the things that uh, i realized was that uh, even though at university i learned how to do art i wasn't prepared to go into the business world of art and like everybody else, I wanted to pay my bills and, and everything else. So I ended up doing a series of jobs that I hated, basically, in customer service, even though I was good at it. And uh, I stopped being creative during those days. And uh, for about, oh, I'd say uh, 15, 20 years. Wow. And uh, it nearly killed me, literally. I Depression upon depression. And, um, you know, I kept changing jobs thinking something was wrong with me. Uh, you know, I kept thinking, why is everybody else doing it and I can't get the hang of it? What's wrong with me? And that's when I realized that I'm not meant for a nine to five job. I'm not meant to work for somebody else. I'm meant to be creative. This is how I'm wired. This is how I'm programmed. This is how God created me. I'm here to be creative, period, and to stop fighting it. And the thing that happened is uh, since I wasn't being creative, I was in huge denial of who I really was inside mm, yeah. that uh, it made me sick. One day I woke up and I couldn't move. I couldn't talk. I couldn't do anything. Oh, my goodness. And, uh, I, um, and then I started to stutter. I had never stuttered a day in my life. And then here I am sitting and I can't even make a phrase. So it really got me thinking, okay, my body is talking to me. And it's telling me it's enough. If you need to get sick for us to, to make you understand that you're not going the right way, you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. And it woke me up. I went and bought some art supplies, $400 later, <laughs> walked out of the store. And I also, with the writing, writing a lot. And I was writing as if I was purging. It was, it just was coming out of me. And I started making contacts with the art world. And I started getting a huge positive feedback and doors were opening right left and center 
Whereas before, while I was doing the nine to five job, nothing was happening for me because I wasn't doing the right thing. Looking back now on your cubicle years, what were some of the signs that you ignored, uh, you know, before you had to pay attention when you got sick? I would say the signs of literally just sitting at my desk and typing out stories while I was supposed to be doing other things in that cubicle. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, I would do that a lot. Um, I would you know, I would re- finish reading a book and thinking, oh, I would have written it differently. Mm. Um, I would want to rewrite an end of a story. Uh, I would hear a song and I'd see videos in my head, like so clear. Hmm. And I would push aside the need, literally, it was a physical need. I would suppress that physical need not to be creative. Mm. Because, you know, you, you can't be creative. You got to work. You got to do that nine to five. You got to go, you know, to the groceries. You got to be a spouse. You got to, you know, you got to do everything else but be creative. Right. And I think it was so easy to put that creativity aside because I thought it's what I had to do like everybody else. Yeah. And that, for me now, it's very clear it's not for me. I mean, you know, the path that everybody walks on, it doesn't work for me. So what was that moment in your story here when you had that incredible aha moment when you realized, okay, I have to own my creativity and and there's no two ways about it that you have to go forward in a creative way? What was that moment? Um, Literally, it was the moment when I couldn't get up. Yeah. When I just could not get up and couldn't speak. And I'm a person who talks a lot. I, I you know, I own up to it. I'll, I'll chatterbox anybody. <laughs> but, and for me not to be able to speak really forced me to have an in, inside conversation with myself and really took a look look at myself. And the fact that you cannot communicate when you're a communicator, uh, right there and then, I couldn't do my work anymore, the type of work that I used to do. So uh, it really forced me to, okay, you know what? Now it's time for you to be quiet. Right. And it's in being quiet that I I, I, just, I found my, my creativity was there just waiting to be unleashed. But it needed the quiet for me to do it. Yeah. And I think that's such an important part of the creative process, that the, the quiet time. Yes. The introspection, the gestation period. Most definitely. So what are some of the, the projects that you've brought to fruition? Well, I've got two books out now, published under the, the publishing house that we have. I have another one that's in the in the works. I am also, uh, I've done a one show, an art show. I have some more coming up in 2006. Um, I'm very proud to say I took an art business class that really opened my eyes as to how the business world works when it comes to art, because it's very different from the regular art the business world. How so? Well, the you know, how do you evaluate your work? How do you price your work? How do you sell your work? Uh, who who's your, who's your who's your your base? Who's going to be the people who are going to buy your work? And it's not everybody that's going to uh, enjoy the kind of work that you do. For example, I do a lot of uh, fantasy paintings, uh, elves, uh, you know, in, in that genre. So I know I'm not going to go do a show in Quebec City where most of the paintings that are going to be there, the artists, it's all little house in the prairie. It's the people who go there to buy art will not buy my art. Right. So you have to learn who will, who's your customer. Yeah, who's your audience? Yeah, you have. That's what I was saying. When you have to be a business person as well, you have to look at your work from another point of view, and say, okay, who's my customer, and where is he, and where can I find him, and how can I find him? So it's all certain things in the business area that I needed to educate myself about. And I'm very glad that I did that last year so that this year now I have a business plan of things that need to be done, accomplished. I have goals as well. 
And um, the, the other thing that I really am working hard on is making a movie script. Uh, I'd love to pitch my first book to a uh, production house before the end of the year. So that's my goal for 2016. Wow, sounds exciting. Very busy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's good. I mean, you know, they say that if you want something done, give it to a busy person. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we've come to the part of the show called the Creative Surge segment, and uh, these are just short answer questions. So what is the best advice you've ever received? Um, the best advice I ever received was from my mom, who was my biggest uh, cheering section uh, growing up. Uh, she used to say, if, peop if, if you're trying to do something creative-wise, either writing or painting, and, and, and people are telling you no, don't waste your time with them. They don't, they don't understand what you're trying to do. If you keep at it, somebody somewhere will take an interest. But don't wait on them to do something. Work and work and work and do and do and do, and somebody somewhere will see it. So never, you know, if somebody tells you no, don't waste your time in trying to convince them. Just move on. Yeah. Yeah. Because there are people that will be positive and will be encouraging and you have to seek those people out as opposed to wasting time on the naysayers. Exactly. And the other thing yeah. is I've noticed is if you're very passionate about what you're doing, people today want to feel that passion. They want to know that they're involved in something greater than themselves. And when mm -hmm. they see you working and being passionate about what you're doing, it's like fly to a, you know, moth to a flame. They will want to work with you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So uh, just, just do what you're supposed to do and, and, you know, something will come about one day for sure. Can you share one of your personal habits that contributes to your creative success? I would say my biggest uh, is, is uh, thinking outside the box. You know, it's, it's, um, it's one of my strengths. You know, starting the, the publishing house, uh, I didn't know anything about publishing and neither did my spouse. I mean, my spouse is an engineer, so, uh, you know, and he does, he's not creative one bit. So uh, <laughs> we had to educate ourselves and we had to think outside the box because it costs money and, you know, time and, and things like that. And uh, it's one of my biggest strengths. Like right now, we're looking to uh, put the book, uh, translate the book in French, uh, even though I, I could try to do it myself. But uh, I just ended up adding pages and changing the story. So we, I stopped. So I'm looking for somebody to do it. But it's, it's a lot of money to do it. So we're thinking of uh, offering a contract with um, royalties for the person who's going to want to work with us. Perpetuity. You know, you have to think if, if you have a, a problem, you really have to think outside the box to fix it, right. because a lot of uh, a lot of times, if you go the mainstream way, yes, it doesn't yes. work. Like I said, for me, the path well traveled does not work for me. It never <laughs> has. So that's why I think I've always developed thinking outside the box to solve issues and solve problems. It's, for me, it's the way to go. So, what person inspires you to be creative? Then, um, my mom. Yeah, my my mom from the beginning. She she saw that I um, I was creative, and she nurtured it. She gave me everything I needed growing up to be uh, creative. And even though she's been gone now for 12, almost 12 years, there's not a day that goes by when I don't sit down to write or that I don't sit down to paint that I don't think of her. Oh, that's so beautiful. Thank you. She wanted to be an artist, but in her time, it wasn't something that was uh, agreeable with her parents. So when she saw that I was being creative, she says, you know what? I couldn't do it, but you're, you, you're going to do it. Oh my goodness! She must have been so yeah. proud of you. Oh yes, very much, and that's why I made a I made, if you allow me to say this, but 
before she died, we made a, a pact that uh, I would write my book. And uh, she said that she was going to raise hell in heaven to make sure that I got the right people, that I would meet the right people along the way to get it done. So I like to say, since now I have two books published, she's raising one hell of a, you know, one hell of a time up there. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah, I think that when I'm being creative, I'm honoring her memory because she wanted, it was a dream of hers. She never got to do it. And I've always wanted to be an artist. And she always used to say, you know, I want you to go further than I did. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That's lovely. Thank you. So what is your favorite work of art? It can be any sort of art. Oh, my goodness. That's a hard one. That's a very hard one. I can't, you know, this, the only way I can answer you this is um, music. I mean, I can't say genre because I, I listen to everything. But uh, when I think about it, I, if you look at everything I've ever done artistically, books or paintings, I can tell you who I was listening to oh my and goodness. what album when I was creating uh, certain pieces of work. Like uh, for my second book, The Prophecy of the Four, uh, I can tell you the song um, Under Pressure by Queen really? was the main song that I was listening to it over and over and over. Not only the lyrics, but the, the, the music. The way that it builds up, for me, it was, I could see my book. Every time I would listen to it, I would see it in a like really short video. Wow, that's so fascinating. I can, tell you, it, I can really tell you, uh, my first book was the first album from Evan, Evanescence. Um, I have paintings. I can tell you it's Adele. Um, I, I usually will take a song or an artist who has a, that, that, I don't know, there's a story behind every song, mm -hmm. right? So, and I'm really into what, I, I really love stories. Like I said, I'm a, a, a writer who paints and a painter who writes. So for me, there's always a story somewhere. So I would tell you music is, is the biggest influence uh, or my biggest mm. inspiration. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, fascinating. Yeah. So do you have a favorite quote that inspires you? Yes. Um, actually, I have two. I had the first one is, well-behaved women rarely make history. <laughs> which my spouse will say yes. <laughs> and the second one is from Julius Caesar, which is, uh, you know, I came, I saw, I conquered. And uh, I think that life is about, uh, you know, walking through fears and, you know, ending up on the other side. So really, I came, I saw, I conquered. I came to the fear, I saw the fear, and I conquered the fear. Wow. So that's, that's how I live my life, basically. That is so inspiring. So do you have you. any... Uh, you know, closing words or last minute advice to give our listeners? Oh, of course. Um, you know, first and foremost, which is uh, what was hammered into me when I was a kid is believe in yourself. You know, you have to really have a strong base in who you are, what you want to do, and don't let anybody tell you no. And uh, it, it's okay if you're being creative. It's okay if somebody doesn't like your work. It doesn't mean that your work isn't good. It just means they're not into what you're doing. That's all. I mean, uh, example, I don't like Picasso. You know, uh, you'd have to pay me to have one in my my, my, my office. <laughs> you know, I, I understand why he's important to the art world, of course, but I just don't like his work. And it's okay. Yeah. So it's it's nothing against you or your talent. It's just that people are not into what you're doing. That's all. Right. So, but mostly, really, believe in yourself. It's, it's, uh, it's really important. Be jealous of your creative time. If you put aside time then it's your time because it's so easy mm -hmm. to 
put it aside and next thing you know you stop being creative oh yeah yeah we really have to nurture it oh most definitely I mean in my household they I'm still teaching them but unless somebody's bleeding to death or dying (laughs) you don't disturb mom It's 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 a pro. It, it's still it's. I'm still working on it. I mean, it's it's still. I mean, it's okay. It's it's. Yeah. Uh, we laugh, but it's you know when you're working hard on a sentence or you know how to get a an image just right, and somebody comes and says, "When are you going to make dinner?" Yeah, you, know, you, you feel like you're going to kill somebody. <laughs> you know, I might have a pencil that just goes flying into the air at that point, but it's, it's okay. We you know they're, they're, I'm I'm thinking within the next twenty years they'll get it. <laughs> Yes, patience. That's another quality that uh, a creative person has to have, I think, too. <laughs> oh, yes. You have, but I, I have to say you have to be tenacious and stubborn. Yes. Literally, you have to be stubborn because you got to fight for whatever it is that you want. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be handed to you like on a silver platter. It doesn't, that does not happen. So you got to work for it. Yeah. Well, on that note, thank you so much, Sylvie, for joining us. It's been fascinating to to talk to you today. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. And thank you, my listeners, for being here, too. It was interesting how both Sylvie Filiatro and Candace M. Campbell from Episode 7 talked about the importance of listening to the body when it comes to creativity, wasn't it? Speaking about creativity, remember there is a swag bag contest going on right now until March 23rd in celebration of the launch of Own Your Creativity, the podcast. To find out more about the four digital items in the contest, go to my website, www.ownyourcreativity.com and subscribe to my mailing list at bit.ly forward slash OYC contest. Tomorrow, I'll be talking to Sherry D. Teigman. She is a soul explorer, transformational coach, and business spark maker. She helps the Joes and Janes who are done being average ditch their Groundhog Day living and find their unique path and voice to a sparked up soul and lit up life. So until tomorrow, own your creativity. Creativity.